Hey guys, welcome to The Grow Shop Show, where we talk scaling without the bullshit. I'm your host, Mark Patchett, founder of Grow Shop. We are on a mission on the show to find out the growth hacks behind some of the leading experts in e-commerce. Let's hit it with this week's episode. We have a very special guest, so I would like to welcome, uh, and we are talking about it before. So in Australia, we pronounce it Ivan, which is not nearly as beautiful as Ivan, which is the way that they pronounced it here. So I got corrected very quickly by my lovely girlfriend here, <laughs> Nastya, who is here. But Ivan has done some absolutely amazing things and is the CMO of, and I would say one of the best known brands probably all through Ukraine. So it'd be good to get a little bit of an introduction about what you're doing at Parimunch. It would be good to get a bit of a breakdown about what the company is all about for those that don't really understand. And then just a little bit about what you're doing. And then for everybody else, we're just going to talk about a bunch of random stuff here, which started from our initial mm-hmm. chat. We're talking about the, the bullshit of growth titles and then the reality of growth titles, talking about UX versus non-UX copywriters. We're talking about building teams uh, internationally, and we're talking about the Ukraine tech scene, which is truly phenomenal. But yeah, just a little bit about what the company's doing and, and what you're doing there. So basically, thank you for all this introduction. First of all, you just started like a bit whispering, like we on the, some indie a radio station somewhere in the United States. Late night. Late night radio, Kansas, KMDB. <laughs> so and that's it from KMDB. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I think it's less. We are not there okay. in Kiev. One can dream, man. Maybe that's the next one. <laughs> so, basically, our company is a tech company because we have a lot of uh, engineers over, over here in the company, product managers, and so on. So, firstly, we are a technology company. Uh, with a quite interesting stack of technologies, uh, but basically we monetize ourselves on the betting and gambling industry. Uh, so the iGaming stuff is all about us, and that's it. Uh, we operate in a bunch of markets. Uh, our industry isn't quite easy because it's uh, hardly licensed. Uh, we use all the models for the gross hacking, let's uh, say this way, because we're operating uh, on, our, on our platform with our brand, we're operating with our brand on other platforms, like on the white label ones. Interesting. Uh, we sell franchise, so we are giving uh, our brand for the brand royalty yeah. in some regions. For example, uh, we also operate in the UK, uh, yeah, but not not as an operated company, but we just uh, selling our brand over there. Yeah. So uh, with with all the all this stuff, basically marketing comes first, as, as you understand. If somebody in the UK wants to buy your brand, yeah. It, 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 it seems that it brand, it, this brand costs something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Interesting, man. And I think one of the big things that stands out straight away is that it's a technology company. Mm-hmm. Has it always been like that? Or is this something that you came in to try and, I guess, enhance and, and to try and support and to build a stronger platform? Uh, we haven't been a technology company all the time, let's say that way. And when we're talk, uh, talking about uh, industry at, at all. Uh, a lot of companies uh, just using some white label solutions. Yeah. When, for example, when you come to some betting shop in London, uh, you may find like three betting shops like Coral, Ledbrokes, William Hill, uh, some other ones, but Fred, I don't know. So you're coming out there and uh, all you see in the interfaces are the same, yeah. but uh, in, in different colors. So they are not choosing the way like, like we choose yeah, to be the technology company, not only a operating company. Yeah. It, it, it's not bad. It's just the way. Yeah? Uh, but we consider ourselves as a technology company. In the uh, for quite a long time, uh, the company started as a retail company, let's say. Yeah. 
because like 25 years ago, I think uh, anyone apart from Bill Gates didn't know about internet existed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and nobody knows it's 5G. Yeah. <laughs> COVID, except for Bill Gates. <laughs> He's still got it. Oh, oh Billy's still got it. Yeah. So basically, yeah, uh, the company started as a retail company, the operating company. Yeah. Uh, but we moved uh, to more technolo technology way in 2015. Uh, because in, oh, no, in 2014, guys started like uh, IT company, but it was like near uh, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, the idea that uh, they, they have to be the operating company and the technology company that develops something to operate on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like in three or four years time, uh, it became uh, absolutely uh, visible that we have to shift and just uh, put these companies together. And basically uh, from that time, uh, I, I don't think in like one and a half years ago, two years ago, um, uh, the main thing happened when we said that there are business units mm -hmm. and these business units are responsible for the technology growth of, yeah. uh, of all that they want. So basically, if accountants want something uh, yeah. to, uh, to make better, uh, that, that can, uh, if they can use IT technology, they have to do it by themselves, not looking for someone who will come and help them. Yeah, so yeah. as well, marketing, as well, uh, billing and, and all other streams. Interesting. So then it all centralizes on an internalized technological kind of foundation. Uh, we have like a de more decentralized model rather than centralized yeah. because uh, talking about the technology stack, um, different groups, uh, different business units basically may use different stack. It's not like the one big product company, we doing our front ends on the React, yeah, and yeah. we doing all our backends on the .NET only. Yeah. And if you want middleware, it has to be only Node.js, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not like that way. Yeah. Uh, someone likes Java; they building up all the all they have all the application on Java. Uh, for example, my stack uh, in my department in marketing basically is uh, PHP. Yeah, uh, with Laravel and Symfony is is the main frameworks. So uh, that's it. Everyone chooses what, what he wants to choose. Interesting. Yeah. As long as there's enough integration where it needs to happen. Oh, you know. Uh, or is it that much more consolidated that it doesn't really matter if they're achieving their goals? You know, we uh, once have chosen the strategy of the super app. So basically, we're talking that we have like the core platform. Yeah. And this core platform have to have the ability to integrate. But uh, basically, when we're talking about marketing, for example, we work with the external things much more than with internal. So yeah, basically, yeah. we have to know what happens to our customers when they're coming. We have to be integrated, but it's more like uh, not uh, not to be like second to second and so on. So if yeah, we yeah. know about something in 10 minutes, it's okay. So we don't need very, very close integrations, but nevertheless, we are quite close. Um, so it's not a big problem. Yeah. Uh, but talking about, uh, for example, CRM, uh, in our company for which I'm responsible as well, there is quite another stuff. Because yeah. uh, if someone just uh, push the button, I accepted bonus, uh, it's inappropriate when uh, this bonus comes in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we had it like uh, two months ago, we just fixed it. <laughs> so that's more of a UX, I guess that's a UX side thing versus an analysis type of piece where you'd make decisions on the back end. That's like a user experience piece. 
for an extraction of a bonus. Yeah, you, you, can, you can talk a lot about like some user experience frameworks and all this stuff, make any researches, but when you're just dropping uh, money into the wallet in 15 minutes time, it's just an eternity. Yeah. For, a, for any digital businesses. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are scratching their arms. They're like, yeah. where's my fucking money? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Interesting, man. So I was reading about uh, one of the different, I thought this was really cool, actually. So this I got off the site, which is we are redefining what it means to be a global betting business by being a brand of firsts. From our aggressive marketing strategy to our partnership spanning you at this, this is fun. We're going to talk about this stuff. Partnership spanning UFC, esports, and international football. We're always looking to excite our customers in new and surprising ways. So what are some of the firsts that you've been cracking when we talk about that? Uh, is it my, my quote? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the PR team writing. You're like, yeah, I wrote that. I wrote that. <laughs> You're like, I would have never said that. Uh, let me rephrase it. So what, what, what have been some of the more exciting progressive things that you guys have done Verse, I guess there's always the strategy, isn't it? Like you could be looking at the UK, which has a lot of the innovation, where instead of just matching, you've done something that's been completely different, that's worked quite well for you guys. Uh, look, I would say that- um, there that, is... you're, that you're allowed to share publicly. <laughs> no, uh, all, all, all these quotes are, I, I saw all these quotes, and uh, some of the quotes I even said, even in uh, some shows or interviews, so it's, it's, it's absolutely good yeah. because uh, I, I, I'm not like the PR, PR man uh, <laughs> from, from that side, they, they're not writing the course for me, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so talking about why we are quite others, yeah, uh, because uh, we love our brand very much. Uh, I, can't, I, I, I would be uh, quite sure uh, when I'll, I'll say to you that 95% of companies you know won't uh, do so much stuff about the brand as pretty much does. Mm. That's absolutely for sure. And um, I feel it. Our previous uh, chief executive officer, Sergey, also feel, feels a brand. Uh, so uh, we just, we just uh, think about it every morning. Mm. Uh, but uh, when you're becoming a very big brand, uh, you have like another problem. Not only develop it, not only seeing how to change it tomorrow, uh, or how your audience will accept it and so on. But also, it, uh, the, the challenge for me now yeah. uh, is to distribute it internally the right way. Because uh, when you have like 2,000 plus people in a company, yeah. uh, and from that 2,000, let's say, uh, let's say one and a half, uh, one and a half hundred work, works with brand closely, like a media buying specialist, for example, who pulls the creative, some mm. art directors and so on, you have to communicate that, that something happening to brand constantly. Mm. So now that's the challenge. Uh, but I would say that, that brand, all this brand stuff building us away from our competitors. Uh, the second thing I would say is technology, because mm. really uh, a, lot of, a lot of things, uh, a lot of companies consider themselves as just a operating company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're doing it quite another way. And the third thing, I think that uh, we take a risk because this business is a risky business mm. uh, for, both, for both sides. And for example, when we started buying all these global sponsorships, Juventus, Leicester City, and so on, um, it was like a challenge for us because uh, it, like, it was like you're, you're, you're buying yourself uh, a very good, uh, I don't know, Brioni suit, 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, you uh, don't have any place to come uh, with this Brioni <laughs> suit. So, yeah. but you understand that if you want to come to the uh, Queen of England to Buckingham Palace, you have to have this Brioni suit. But uh, she didn't ask to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that, that, that was yeah. the situation about sponsorship. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so the, the sponsorship one is really interesting, and I think it changes as as a brand gets really big. Mm-hmm. How do you think about attribution and then ROI when you're doing things such as Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. whether it's just you know it's the right activity, you know you're leveraging them, but attribution is so difficult when you're running multimedia, you're running everywhere you, you possibly could. How do you think about ROI? Uh, look, I can talk a lot about ROI in terms of sponsorships when you have some direct media value. Yeah. Uh, like Chelsea, Leicester, I, I'll tell a bit about it. But when we're talking about the brand ambassadors, uh, it's more about um, trust. When you want to buy trust, interesting. Uh, you can buy some brand ambassadors. Yeah. So uh, now we, uh, we just passed that way. We do not like... Uh, we're not uh, depending uh, so much on brand ambassadors like we did like three years time ago. Yeah. Why? Because the brand is quite big. And now we have Chelsea, for example, uh, with a bunch of uh, yeah. ambassadors, let's say. Uh, but like three years ago, uh, Chelsea won't even shake our hand, let's say. Interesting. Uh, but now we are a big enough company. Uh, we are a reliable partner. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows it on the market. And so you can come to a big club and say, let's do business together. And they say, okay, uh, that's good. So when we talk, we're talking about, for example, Tyson or McGregor, McGregor was like, uh, for, for that time, it was like uh, the pretty much brand hero. So yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're thinking about pretty much, uh, when you're thinking of being with pretty much, if you with pretty much, you're like Conor McGregor. That's, that was the yeah, clear yeah, communication. Yeah. So basically, Conor made... Uh, all this work for us uh, as the hero. Uh, but talking about the sponsorship, it was uh, it, it, it is much more interesting situation because we have like LED boards uh, yeah, across yeah. the pitch, and uh, that, that's much more interesting because now we're modeling. Uh, we just uh, we have like with uh, our partners, we, we just take the video stream. Yeah. How uh, how did did everyone see it on the TV basically? Yeah. Uh, then uh, we just finding out for how long our uh, advertising was on the pitch. Because, for example, you can buy 10 minutes of LED advertising, but after all, uh, for two minutes there will be the red card situation. Yeah, In yeah. Uh, two minutes there will be penalty situation. Uh, for 30 seconds, uh, the coaches will be shown uh, instead of showing the pitch where your advertising is, uh, the injury and yeah, all the yeah. stuff. So from the 10 minutes, you may get just two minutes, for example, but you paid for the 10 one. Interesting. And that's, uh, just, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, this, this is absolutely yeah. reality. You can be very lucky yeah. and it would be opposite situation. Uh, you can be very unlucky. So it, you can, can just get zero. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, we have to understand firstly, how much did we really get to the video stream all over the world? Yeah. And uh, that's the first is like, um, you know, for us is a possibility to, 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 to count the um, media ROI, uh, but the most interesting thing that we uh, now modeling the turnover, uh, the uh, the plus of turnover that we are getting from this advertising. So basically, we have a model that says, for example, you would uh, you would have like uh, 
uh, 1000 dollars turnover on this match uh, if uh, there were no advertising of very much mm-hmm. uh, but as we have it we like have 1000 and 100 mm-hmm. so we understand that this uh, plus 10 percent of turnover uh, and basically of our revenue after all uh, is is the effect of of this uh, placement mm. after that we understand that we have all the season and we have like uh, of course uh, we have the user base is growing yeah uh, we have uh, more countries but basically you have your uh, analytics team have to just uh, look at it uh, and say the real effect yeah. of this advertising so you can count it uh, it, it it took from us like uh, three or four months yeah to set up the process from zero because from one side you have to picture the match yeah yeah from the very beginning till the very end then you have to build up this um, uh, uh, computer vision yeah, basically yeah, yeah. that uh, will find your uh, logo when it appears and after that you have to uh, put it with your with your statistics and understand that if your logo was shown from the 10th minute to 11th minute <laughs> uh, you have the post effect yeah, yeah you have post effect in uh, five of in four minutes time so these uh, bets can be attributed that's the that's that's thing of the sponsorships because mm. they do not uh, they not working uh, for acquisition yeah yeah uh, they working for the brand building yeah, yeah. basically for the media uh, media knowledge and so on and uh, from the other side they're working for the retention mm. so you just say to your customers oh don't don't forget you yeah. just uh, you just uh, watching the game please come to us that's it. isn't that interesting so how do you take into account if there's multiple different camera angles so the i guess wherever you're buying it will they send mm-hmm. you the estimated time that something's mm-hmm. live times the different angles but what if there's multiple different tv stations that are going to be mm-hmm. broadcasting the game that would be using different camera angles we have to check all of those to then try and get maximum oh sorry total exposure uh no we do not have like access to the uh technical uh, video feed yeah uh, we just have the one that's going to let's say 90% of uh, to the primary feed yeah to, to the primary feed and we think that it, like it's it's okay yeah. because it's uh, the other money is as the processes it won't uh, affect so, so much yeah. when we when we going to this uh, let's say 10% of quite as a feed basically you understand that uh, for example of course uh, in some countries maybe like pundits in in England yeah they they just uh, commanding the game have some uh comments after before the game yeah yeah but it it, it won't pay a lot of uh, role for us so we, we so the net net to try and analyze that additional 10 percent that would yeah. be reduced exposure yeah we, we, we're not trying we're that's, just that's taking a, them that's as a, a primary. beast of a job yeah i never even thought about it. it's amazing isn't it because you'd think with the led that it'd be so sophisticated that you could just get an extraction from a feed <laughs> or something you're like no 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 so it's like your job buddy today you got to watch the whole game and, <laughs> and just tick it off and count it. Uh, in some, uh, I, I know some companies that uh, really did it such a way. Yeah. When we started buying uh, out LEDs, uh, also we asked our junior uh, specialists, they just came with uh, some stopwatch and, and some popcorn. And so, they just work with a stopwatch all, all this time. Wow! It's, it's it's not like uh, it's not like the process that can expand for the new countries. Yeah. So uh, you you won't have a, it happens on Saturday or Sunday uh, the majority of the matches. So it's not the working days. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, people also have to have the weekends with the families. Yeah. So basically, uh, I understand. Uh, 
I understood from the first moment that we had to yeah. do it automatically. Wow. And that wasn't happening before you? No, before you no, were there. it wasn't happening. It was just my idea and, uh, and we as a team did it. Man, that's very cool. I, I never thought about it like that kind of detail. <laughs> Because we've always had challenges even running like TVC, so even running radio. We mm -hmm. try and build economic, like econometric models yeah, yeah. to just have light bits of lift. But it's still soft. But we wanted to get to a level of confidence where we knew that we could spend into it and we'd, we'd at least break even and we'd know there'd be a halo effect mm -hmm. and there'd be some kind of net positive impact mm -hmm. on the back end. Uh, it's the same uh, econometrics, basically. Yeah. The same guy that uh, did uh, econometrics in other companies, uh, we uh, took this guy. Uh, also, the same way, uh, we make correlations between our TVC and uh, our traffic to the website and extrapolating all this information to our revenue. Yeah. Uh, the same thing. It's, it's all because we are a digital business. Yeah. Because we, have, we can understand how much uh, uh, additional customers we had in the particular minute after the particular commercial. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I love it. <laughs> very, very smart. So what about, uh, about eSports? What's happening there? What kind of growth rate are you seeing? I saw there were shifts that were accelerated because of things like COVID, but what's sticking around? What, I, what's going to happen? I love esports very much. I love esports very much. Our companies committed to esports, basically. Uh, do you like? Do, do you prefer CS:GO or uh, Dota? I actually don't watch esports. Uh -huh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have, but maybe this could be the moment of inspiration. But I am interested in what's happening in the market trends. I, That's huge. I, I think I think that uh, Dota Two uh, is is, is uh, the next big thing in terms of all the sports. Yeah. Um, Would you mind explaining it just in terms of breaking down what it is? Yeah, you, you, you even don't have to understand what, what happens because you're just watching the game. Yeah. Uh, you, there are much more effects, much more colors. Uh, the picture is much better than football or tennis uh, yeah. uh, have. So uh, it's just, just much more interesting. And the main thing that, like, have you ever watched Formula One? Yeah, yeah, of course. So when you want to watch Formula One, you have to understand quite deeply what's happening, yeah. on which tires are they now, yeah, yeah. is it rainy, uh, rainy uh, day or not, uh, what is the chance of rain basically if it's the spa uh, race. Uh, so you have to understand uh, the, uh, the, the, the vehicle basically uh, on the new uh, motor or, 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 or the old one, uh, all, all this stuff. So if you, uh, if you are interested in it, you may um, like read a lot of information. If you're not yeah. interested, you're just looking at it, you understand nothing, it, it's just like, oh, yeah. uh, three overtakes uh, yeah. in 10 minutes, I'll go home. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, but Waiting we, for the crash. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Give me some action. <laughs> yeah. I want to see something flipping and burning. Yeah. But uh, in Dota 2, for example, there are two sides. If you understand nothing, it just crashes. Uh, there are always something happening. Yeah. Uh, some fire, lights, and so on. Yeah, and yeah. if you like to be a sophisticated watcher, like, uh, as I said, for example, like Formula One, yeah. you can uh, know all these 100 plus heroes, yeah, uh, yeah. what uh, are they doing, um, versus which heroes are the better, versus which heroes they are less uh, good. So all this stuff can be, you, you, you can be interested in it and get into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, as I think, yeah, and we invest quite a lot uh, in esports now. Basically, uh, team spirit, mm. 
the winners of the international, the main Dota uh, championship. Uh, they are sponsored by pretty much. Bang. Uh, yeah. Maladiat. Uh, so, uh, but uh, the final was like um, Team Spirit versus uh, PSG LGD. Mm. Uh, it was sponsored by the Batway. Yeah. So it was not. Uh, uh, the teams, it was like very much versus between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the true head-to-head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. And what do you think is going to happen with the trends in terms of viewership or engagement or I guess the amount of bets going through? Uh, the main thing uh, is that um, esport market is quite fragmented. Yeah. Because uh, we have like China, uh, Nordic countries, Eastern Europe uh, that are keen on uh, CSGO. And Dota 2. Uh, there is North America yeah. um, with uh, League of Legends, yeah. Call of Duty, yeah. and other stuff. Uh, there are some, uh, let's say, tier 3 markets. Uh, they do not have desktop, so they didn't, they can't enter the, um, uh, the category of Dota 2, Call, Call of Duty, and so on, yeah, because yeah. they do not play uh, as they don't have the desktop. Uh, what what are those markets? Uh, PUBG. Yeah. Uh, African markets, yeah, yeah. Market, for example, they have PUBG and all these mobile games, and they are keen on. But it's not; it's quite far from esports. Uh, you can't understand how to what what to do with it. Also, there is, uh, for example, Korea also with the League of Legends. But you think, oh, China is good at Dota 2, for example, and you say, oh, North, uh, South Korea is also have to be good at Dota 2. But no, they have Isn't like that interesting. Yeah, because the, there are also a lot of things like uh, where are the ser- servers, basically, yeah. what is the ping for the servers? servers for, Interesting. Yeah, and for example, why uh, Dota 2 and, and, and CSGO are good in China and uh, in Eastern Europe, as example. Yeah, because yeah. there is some servers and uh, players are able to play with each other and become better. Yeah, yeah. But for example, talking about South Africa and all the Africa, they are too far from all the good servers. So wow. if, you, if you are a, yeah. good, a good player from uh, South Africa, you have almost no chance. Wow. Uh, there, there are like some cluster of these teams, but they can do nothing on the yeah. world level because there is too few really good players to train each other. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it's quite interesting in yeah, terms of it. esports. It's, it's not like uh, you can just bring the coach and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's just training, training, training. But uh, what I think also about the esports, uh, the good things are that when we're talking from the perspective of betting, uh, it's absolutely good for betting because there are a lot of points. Yeah. It's not like uh, football with scoring one, two, three goals in the match and it's okay. There are always some kills, uh, some drops, and so on. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you have a lot of things you can accept your bets on. Uh, these things uh, happening are happening constantly. Um, that's good for us. Yeah. So you can accept bet, and after a short time, just settle that bet, and uh, then you can accept the second bet, and so yeah. on and yeah. so on. So it happens all the time. Uh, also, there is uh, no problems uh, with the video streaming mm-hmm. because, for example, uh, you can't buy, or it would be too expensive to buy some rights, for example, for Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, Europa League uh, for your website, but with the esports there is no such a problem. Twitch yeah, for yeah, everyone. Yeah. That's it. So I think that esports will become will become more and more, more and more uh, popular. The problem is that 
the United States are quite far from all this, all this, let's say, European and, and Asian stuff like Dota 2 and uh, CSGO. But as, as you may know, like 60-70% of the sports money and budgets are basically allocated within the United States because yeah, they yeah. are the wealthiest nation all the world. Uh, the rate is to spend money for their NFL, NBA, MLB, and so on. Yeah, so yeah. all these, uh, 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 like uh, uh, English Premier League, it would be like, I don't know, eighth or ninth yeah, championship yeah, yeah. after all these leagues uh, of the United States. Yeah. So uh, when Americans will find their key sport and uh, everyone would accept it, that would be absolute ban. Yeah. As far as they just going, going and watching their League of Legends, it's not like ideal yeah. thing for us. Man, it's going to be a torrent as soon as those, things, <laughs> those pieces. Well, think about it the other, the other day in the US. Like it's insanity where their preferences as well. We were driving uh, down like a dirty road in Texas uh -huh. once. And then we, we wanted to get like an authentic shitty bar. Uh -huh. And we walk inside. It was when the US was in the World Cup. Uh -huh. And we're like, it's going to be on every screen. <laughs> this is all they're going to care about. We're like, where's, where's, the, where's the World Cup? They're like, what's that damn sport? <laughs> that foot one? And I'm like, yeah, that foot one. And uh, they were watching like Major League Baseball and they had TVs playing reruns of like college ball. <laughs> and then the football was being played on a TV. This, this was, it was this big near the toilet. <laughs> and that's it. So I'm like, you guys are just in a different planet. But what, what do you think is going to happen in the US? So there's some predictions of when gambling is going to be more and betting is going to be more legal? Uh, basically, a majority of the states is now uh, have the legislation. Yeah. Uh, for gambling and betting, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, the problem with the US market is that uh, they want to, like, everyone to have the license, not only the uh, products, but they also want to uh, marketing, uh, all, all, all that has, uh, all that are doing marketing for the betting and gambling should be licensed as well. And uh, all this ecosystem have to be controlled by them. From one side, it's okay. Uh, from the second side, it may be the only successful case uh, when no one will uh, doing uh, offshore business over there yeah. because that's the United States. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to fuck with the United States. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, swearing over here, but everyone understand that uh, you shouldn't do that yeah. for, uh, for sure. So when we're talking about other countries, there are always someone who are trying to operate in China, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gambling is banned in China. Uh, there are there is like the penalty for that, but uh, no way. Uh, every time, every time someone someone is trying to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you're talking about the United States, everyone understand that uh, everyone's want to go to uh, California, Florida, New yeah. York for uh, the Christmas holidays. So everyone understand that you just have to be a good boy yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah. the U.S. market. So that's the only chance. Uh, that's the, the only example where maybe. Uh, will be the uh, the real, real good uh, regulated market, but yeah. it also depends on for them to be wise enough yeah. not to just try to scratch uh, everything. Yeah, and get the naughty stick. Could it be different with esports though? Because you see, you see things like fantasy football, mm -hmm. which is a way of kind of circumventing some of the legislation. Do you think esports can be a way around that? Uh, Let's say, uh, let's say that data fantasy sport is uh, quite away from the real betting. Yeah. It's really slow. Like, 
you have two saddles during a week. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's very slow and the first, the first moment Americans uh, go to the real betting, uh, they won't be back for the, the elephant the sport. Um, uh, and all these uh, M&A deals, when some operators buying other operators of or the DFS, it's just buying out uh, their customer base. Yeah, okay. uh, it's it's not about really doing business, and uh, the monetization of the daily fantasy sports is quite other from uh, from the betting and gambling. So uh, I, I don't think that there are like long term perspectives of fifteen years for the daily daily fantasy sport. But in the next five seven years, it would be like okay, but it would just fade away. The decline and fall in fifteen years. I said that. I think that's for sure. Uh, talking about esports, you are right. Uh, quite a lot because uh, there is an audience for the esports. It's quite big and good in the United States. From the other hand, the daily fantasy sport may become uh, some like soft entering to the betting market. Yeah. Uh, for for all this audience, not from the perspective of the operators, but from the perspective of the audience. Yeah. yeah. They uh, yeah, they may come uh, from there, and also uh, as you understand, there can be like some. Uh, uh, betting with skins, all this stuff that is operated basically by the uh, by the game, gaming platforms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not daily fantasy sport, but on on the gaming platforms. So interesting. If they if they if they're trying to do it in such a way, as I said, as a soft entering with no real money gambling, but also almost really real money gambling with all the skins. So it it may enter a lot of audience of young Americans to the to the category. Interesting. And do you think anything to do with, say, crypto could be a way of bypassing it where it's not hard, traditional, easily traceable cash? Uh, all, all clever people, uh, even with uh, ability to accept bets or main gambling in crypto, trying to avoid the United States. Yeah. Uh, there are always some, uh, some guys that are trying to do business over there with crypto. Uh, you know, I, I just have been to one. A little conference and uh, I saw my old uh, not friend but but guy I know and I said oh how how his business is going just came to the similar web uh, tapped, tapped <laughs> in his uh, website and looking a lot of traffic coming from the United States yeah. I think he's he uh, just something happened to him <laughs> uh, uh, he disappeared yeah. and we've never seen him again yeah, yeah he's I, now in Guantanamo <laughs> I, I, I even I didn't come to him to greet yeah. him and in a few days uh, I just met uh, another friend of mine I, I said have you been uh, at this conference uh, he said I've been yeah. uh, have you seen this guy and uh, he said I've seen uh, I say I came to similar web and uh, so he is driving traffic from the United States. Yeah. He said I do the same thing. I uh, and I came to him and I say why are you doing that? He said what's the problem? <laughs> okay, <laughs> just no questions. So, yeah, you'll hear the problem when you see a Black Hawk helicopter <laughs> and then the guy's kicking down the windows. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So yeah, uh, there are. Uh, he is not very like let's say intelligent and so on. So maybe maybe he uh, he doesn't know, but. Yeah, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter for the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's say. And I guess they're just different businesses, isn't it? Like you guys are building an empire. If you're, if you're playing in the murky waters like this, it's a churn and burn type of yeah, business. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe you're right because you can earn some money, uh, but you can't build empire for, for sure. And you have like just say, I would go for the vacation 
I don't know, for Hainan in China is it? So yeah. I, I won't fly to any tier one countries. Yeah. Uh, okay, if if someone chooses to live this life. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, that's it. Good for them. Uh, but uh, basically, I believe um, I believe in uh, the uh, traced uh, crypto history in the United States and all this uh, situation with Robin Hood yeah. shows us that. Mm, they may they may do do things um, so uh, americans uh, have interest in some gambling and for me uh, robin hood basically um, is like indicative uh, product for all the gambling market in the united states uh, and their growth uh, i can't recall for sure but during the covid they they more than doubled they more than doubled yeah uh, in terms of their turnovers so it shows interest uh, they are really eager to bet some way. Uh, it, it's like you know, if um, the British people were making their bets from the 19th century on all these horse tracks and so on, the Americans they do bets, uh, but that's that's called Wall Street. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> that's all Robin Hood really is as well. Yeah. Like if you're not at the level where you're an accredited investor, it's yeah. just gambling. Yeah, and it's absolutely. no different from crypto. It's like buying a shitty. A shit coin or a meme coin it's really no different there's no, there's no level of sophistication or logic behind it yeah like it's, if, if the degree of your gambling news is following a subreddit thread bang you could chuck some money on a game yeah absolutely That's yeah it. amazing so it's almost like not fighting legislation aggressively it's, it's circumventing with another outlet to yeah. hit which is going to be one of these things man amazing this has been very interesting man I had all these little points to cover, but I'm really glad that we went this different direction. <laughs> and the one, I think for a lot of our listeners as well, when we talk about these challenges of, of attribution, it's amazing to realize how you often have to go with quite like a manual approach to be analyzing billboards and then still with the stop counter, <laughs> which is amazing to use, to use kind of uh, an, an old school way of doing something to get like an outcome that's extremely sophisticated. Uh, but then we've talked about crypto, we've talked about circumventing US legislation. Yeah. <laughs> we've covered it all man so it's been amazing you having you on the show thank you so much for taking the time but it's been phenomenal so thanks so much brother right. for thank coming you in. so much thank you and that's it thank you everyone for listening if you want to find out more about growth shop head over to growth.shop to see how we scale direct to consumer brands to 50 million and beyond don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode we appreciate everyone's support while we get the ball rolling on the growth shop show so if you like the episode share the love with your network Thanks again and see you on the next one.